Pam 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 Welcome everybody. Welcome to Indecision. No decision. No decision. 2020. How's everybody feeling? Do you guys feel good? Did the guy that you wanted in the color tie that you believe in, your team, did the guy in your team's color win? Do you guys feeling, feeling okay about this? Oh, how does it feel? <laughs> Do you guys feel good? Well, I just feel like I've just done nothing but drank iced coffee and just watching CNN and refreshing my Twitter feed. And I don't know, I'm about, I'm about to break down. It's so scary. I mean, you know what honestly is, is more scary than anything else is that we just have no idea. Like one way or the other, we just have no idea who the next guy is. If it's the guy in the blue tie, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to get him into office because the guy in the red tie is just not going to fucking leave. And if God forbid the guy in the red tie wins, I mean, <laughs> the fucking scorched earth policy that he's going to do and just raise taxes on all the blue states, the fucking vendetta that that guy's going to have. And it's a little, it could happen either way. It could happen either way. But I am personally rooting for the scenario where uh, the, the orange man um, has to get dragged out of the White House. Like, I think he's going to do that thing. Remember the guy on United Airlines that refused to leave? Like, he, they overbooked his seat and they're like, excuse me, sir. Uh, it seems we've overbooked this flight and we need you to get up. And the guy's like, what? I paid for the seat. And like, well, you know what? We are, the, you know, the owner of the airplane, and we decided that it's, uh, it's your turn to go. And the guy just decides that he's not leaving, and he, he just like he does the limp fish thing, and they have to drag him off the plane. Do you guys remember? I, I remember watching that, and they're like, <laughs> more fucking security, like the flight attendants. Can you imagine being a flight attendant and having to be like, well, I mean, you got to go, and he's just like, I'm not, I can't, my legs don't work anymore. And they're like, all right, let me, we got to go to security. And they get security and like some airport security. And keep in mind, it's not like the National Guard that's at, you know, the airport. It's like, I, I don't even know what the airline security guards do, which is like basically some fucking bar bouncer comes on and they, you're like, sir, you got to come with me. And he's like, I'm not. And they drag him out by his hands down the aisle of the airplane while I, like everyone's like filming. And I think a couple of people are clapping and then a couple of people are booing. But I, I tell you, I have to say, I would pay money to get on an airplane that was overbooked by one seat every time. And then it just becomes essentially roulette of who gets pulled off the airplane. I would pay extra. Like, I'm not talking like I would sacrifice 25 bucks. I would actually pay an extra 25 bucks a flight to get the free entertainment of watching somebody drag somebody, their limp body out of the airplane. That's essentially what Trump's going to do. Um, if he <laughs> like doesn't win, and they're gonna have to drag him out the Oval Office, and like you know that thing where at least this like romantic idea that I've always had. I'm pretty sure this is real. I'm pretty sure this is real, where the outgoing president writes a letter to the new president, basically like just here's like here's the, here's the lowdown, right? Granted, we believe different things, but this job there's only been. 45 men in the entire history of the world 
that have held this office. And, you know, for as much as I don't agree with you and hate your fucking guts, here's just some advice. One man to another. Here's, here's two pages. Here's what you got to know. Here's what you got to do. Could you imagine what Trump would write in that? Like, I, I'm not sure the man could write a paragraph by hand. I think he's just going to leave like a fucking grocery bag of dog shit in the fucking desk. And Biden walks in there after they drag him out, after they drag his limpless, like, 270-pound body out of the White House. Biden sits down in the president or in the seat that President Obama sat in, and he's like, finally, you know, dad's gone. I can sit in the office chair. <laughs> Remember when your parents, like, you weren't allowed in their bedroom, and, like, what, you know, if they were both gone and you were still at home, you would, like, sneak in there, and, like, you kind of look around a little bit and be like, wow, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. And you get to maybe like sat on the edge of the bed. That's what Biden's going to do when he gets in the Oval Office. And he's going to open the desk and be like, you know what, George Bush? He wrote a nice letter to President Obama. And Obama wrote a nice letter to Trump. In the letter that uh, Bush wrote, he also had a little watercolor of his dogs. Because at that point, remember, like Bush's mind was broken. Like Bush is out in his ranch, like still painting watercolors of his dogs having to live with, you know, all the shit that he knows. And then Obama at the same time too, all the drone strikes, all the fucking weddings and <laughs> fucking childbirths and hospitals that that guy bombed. And he has to live with that. And at the end, you know, you, you just have so much on your mind, so much you would just, you want to write a couple of pages to just anybody that could possibly understand. And essentially Trump, I think he was so removed from any of that, that, that there's just none, he's just going to be like, the letter is going to be like, <laughs> fuck you. And then there's going to be a bunch of dog shit in the desk. And then some poor secret service agent that used to protect him that already hates his guts has to then shovel the shit that's out of the desk in the Oval Office. That's what I think is going to happen. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Trump's out here still stirring shit. Tweeting some bullshit that no one wants to hear. No one wants to read it. It's being disgraceful. But then, I mean, at the same time, man, there's still a lot of people that are out there being like, fuck yeah, I'm glad he's still tweeting up the storm. He might be an idiot, but he's our idiot. <laughs> he's one of us, man. Misspelling polls, P-O-L-E-S. Polls, go to the polls. I don't know. And then the guy in the facelift and so much goddamn Botox that he can't smile properly makes one appearance a day for about three minutes where he's like, well, we haven't won. Cock a smile, looks around. I just need everyone to remain calm and patient. And we're going to do nothing to further our cause except for just sitting back, taking it and, uh, you know, letting the, letting the cards fall as they may. Meanwhile, the other guy's suing up a storm. I don't know. It's just the whole thing is such a disgrace. I, I, I don't know. But at the same time, again, the, the Trump voters are still so fucking amped up about this guy that if he wins, you know, honestly, bless him. Because those people are, are going to be so far. It's like watching uh, like a game where it's like, I don't know, like maybe the Buffalo Bills or... I'm, this is even the, like the Bengals even 
like a team that just hasn't had like a very passionate fan base, but just no, just never has success, make it all the way to the Super Bowl, and they're kind of riding that high, and then they're playing like, uh, I don't know, the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and you got Bill Belichick up there being like, well, listen, I mean, we're we're the better team, and uh, we're just gonna go out there and we're gonna play our game, and you know, but, you know I respect them, but we're just gonna we're just gonna beat them, and then but there's something in you that's just still being like, you know what, I w- good for them. I want them to be happy. They, de- they deserve to be happy. Even though they're reprehensible fucking fans, eh, you know, what's a little chaos? So, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, you got a guy <laughs> kissing fake Milani's at that. Like, even his wife is sick and tired of him. Milani, his wife doesn't even travel with him anymore. You know what I mean? They have, to, they have to get fake Melania's that over the course of time have looked less and less like Melania. Like, I think the last one they rolled out, it, like, it just gets worse every time. And, like, he still, like, you know, makes out with her. There's something kind of fucking funny about that in, in some respects. And maybe other guys respect that out there. I, I want to say the majority of Trump supporters out there, and I, I, I'm not trying to shut on Trump supporters because, you know, I, I really, I truly don't give a fuck. But I have to believe that, like, a lot of those guys, like, don't have wives. And, you know, maybe if they had a wife, they'd be, you know, they'd be less fucking into this stuff. I I have no idea. I I, I don't know what the, like, the divorce rate of Trump supporters is, but I have to imagine it's high. I mean, if Trump just went out there with, like, or even another candidate went out there with, like, a platform being like, my, (laughs) this is like a Bill, Bill Clinton platform. My platform, tell you what, when I'm president, every man gets a wife. Everyone gets a whaff. And, and I think it would mellow a lot of these guys out. You know what I mean? Oh, and by the way, who called it? If you listened to the last episode, I called it. If you had on your bingo card, Trump supporters are going to shut down a freeway. Tell you what? I'll tell you one thing. They fucking did it, man. They fucking did it. They went out there and they said, I'm going to show you how mad I am. I'm going to go shut down a freeway. That'll fucking show them. I paid for this, my tax dollars. I paid for this interstate. And I'll fucking shut it down if I want to. They did it, man. So if you had that on your cards, tell, I called it. Um, but back to the original point. Like, if you, if these guys had wives, maybe they'd get a phone call after a couple of days, be like, hey, sweetie, uh, it's been a couple of days. Uh, kids miss you. Uh, if you come home soon, it'd be great. Neighbors are asking, where is Frank? You're right. I think, I think that would bring him home. And if you had to answer to that, if you had to like go home at the end of the night and then answer to somebody being like, really? You went and parked on the freeway to show your support for the president? Really? Like you couldn't have at least tried to drive Uber? You know? Got Christmas coming up. Little Johnny over here wants a pair of Nikes. We're going to get him some Reeboks instead. Both made in China. Who cares, you know? It's all about being cool. Uh, but no, man, I think they're going to have to United Airlines fucking Trump's limp fucking flabby body out of the Oval Office. I mean, there's, there's no way that guy, there's no way he leaves. And are we any closer to figuring out who's going to be in there next? I, I just, fuck it. I don't I don't know. It's been weird, and, like, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. 
anytime soon. I do know that Fox News called Arizona for Trump like prematurely. And, you know, me being me, I have to try and get every angle I possibly can. You know, watch, watch a little MSNBC, watch a little CNN, and then uh, switch over to Info News. So where I get all of my news. Kidding. That's a joke. Uh, but, but no, all those guys hate Fox News right now because they, quote, betrayed President Trump by calling Arizona too early. Even though there's like mathematically 0% chance that he gets it. Everyone's like, well, you fucked him because now we can't take it to court. Because look at Fox News already said it's impossible. Fucking CNN didn't even do that, man. Well, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully, hopefully we figure this shit out, but, um, I hope people are happy, honestly. Again, it seems to me like Trump supporters are, um, a little more riled up about this stuff than other people. Um, but yeah, I, Got one side shutting down the highway. In Cincinnati, they had a couple of protesters. I don't know if it was a couple. It was a handful of protesters that protested. Literally, like, the night after. It was like, for, for what? Again, we were talking about this last time. What, what could you possibly be protesting? Like, this is the most legitimate thing you could possibly do is vote. And then, like, the votes come in. And then you count the votes. And then whatever people say, it, it's what goes. I could see you being upset if there was evidence of anybody on either side, either one throwing out ballots or fraudulently, fraudulently counting ballots, but there's no evidence of either of that happening. So what are you protesting? Like if there was legitimately some shenanigans actually happening and someone could prove it, you know, I think I'm okay with, with that. But it's almost one of those things of like jumping the gun. Like if you already bought your Antifa outfit, you already bought your camo pants, you know, the new ones in season. The fall 2020 season, the fall winter season of, of fucking camo pants for Antifa. You bought those and then you bought one of those like bandoliers. It was like bullet things that you know, the Mexican bullet, they, like they cross you on your chest and they go both ways. You got a couple of those for like little vials of milk and you pour in people's eyes so they get pepper sprayed. You bought all that stuff. You bought your costume. I'd be pretty, you know, I'd be pretty upset too. I would go, I'd go March, I guess. When else are you going to wear that shit? So I don't blame them. Good for them. But, yeah, so, I don't know. There's that. There's my take on that. I, I don't know, you know, I'd like for you guys to write in what your theories are. I want to hear some, con- I want to hear some good conspiracy theories come out of this. Because I, the only one that I've heard so far is Sharpie Gate. I'm looking forward to hearing more about Sharpie Gate, which actually has a nice name. I actually think that's, that has a good ring to it. It, seems, it sounds innocent enough, uh, but Sharpie Gate sounds good. What other conspiracies can we cook up here? I think that'd be, oh, that'd be a good one. So uh, let's do this. If, if I want you guys to write in a segment, either email or DM. Write in what your wildest conspiracy theory is, and it doesn't have to be remotely true. Uh, but I, w- I would like to read it and dive into that. On this podcast, because I'm not going to lie, I have been diving into, uh, not diving into, but just more aware of recently, like the Alex Jones Infowars side of things. And I'll tell you what, man, they're bereft of ideas. Even those guys don't have a good conspiracy yet. 
which I, I've kind of been hoping for. And even those guys, they have nothing. They got like Alex Jones, who looks terrible, by the way, recently. I mean, that guy's gone through hell, it looks like. And then on either side of him, he's like flanked by like two hot women that, um, <laughs> did you guys see the, like the, the Trump prayers recently? Oh, those are great. Of like the, if you get, um, you're going to get microchipped. There's literally people on TikTok being like, if I get a, a, a vaccine, they're going to microchip me. And it's like this like pretty blonde girl looking into the camera being like, I don't want to get microchipped. And like, there's some bananas country song going on in the background. And then the next scene is them being like, well, we're going to kill you if you don't get a vaccine. And she's like, well, take me away. And they take her away. And then, like, she, like, puts makeup on. And, like, they're basically she's insinuating they're beating her up. And then finally, you know, still refuses to get vaccinated. Dies in this TikTok. This is a TikTok. The same thing that, like, teen tweens are using to, like, show off their brand new tits on, like, dancing to fucking whatever new songs are out there. And then we got other far-right Christians being like, you know, and then as soon as she dies, she's up to heaven. And like, God is like, my child, you're not dead. You're rewarded with eternal life for refusing to get a vaccine. And like, you know what? If that's what, if if the God that I believe in has that hot take, he's like, you know what? Thank you for standing up and not getting a vaccine. Welcome. Pearly gates are open. If that's the God, maybe I don't want to go to heaven. That's my take. Um, No, but in any case, all of like the prayer and Christian hot takes out there, they're really heating up. And on the Alex Jones show, he's like flanked on either side with like two like attractive women who are somewhat insipid in their beliefs. They just kind of like, so Alex Jones is the one that's like driving it. And the two women on the sides are just basically being like, well, that's like fucked up, right? I mean, I cannot believe that they are using arithmetic to count votes. I mean, I... Listen, in the Bible, I don't think Jesus knew how to count, right? He flipped the tables over. He said, stop counting. Fishes and loaves. Jesus saw he had two fish and six loaves. He said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'll make as many as I want. Fucking arithmetic. (laughs) I don't believe in science. I don't believe in math. I don't think Abraham knew math. Why the fuck would I need no math? But that's like kind of the vibe of this. I don't know. If you guys have a good conspiracy, let me know. I'd be, I would be happy, happy, more than happy to entertain those on the next, ep- the next episode of Herd Immunity Podcast. Um, all right. So, you know what? Before I – we do have to do a chilly review. And I will review Bards. And the good news is if you're listening to this tonight, you're going to get a sneak, pre- sneak peek preview because um, what I'm going to do is I, I went and I filmed the last review. And I did it in the way, like an Instagram version of that. And so what's going to happen is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post the Instagram version. I'm going to blog about it and then talk about it on the pod. Link you guys over there. But this week it's going to be a little backwards. And I'm going to talk about the review prior to you seeing it on, the, on Chili Vibes only. So um, the regard for, for, for Bard's the review. Jesus Christ. Hey, Pat, could you stop stuttering? I feel like one of my Joe Biden out here. Did I? Did I catch the stutter? The lazy brown fox jumped over the brown bear. Is that what that is? That's not, that's not what that one is. Um, 
Maybe I have dementia. I don't have dementia. I don't fucking know. Um, but no, in any case, so uh, Bard's, I think it's called Burgers and Chili. It was a really cool spot. It was up in Covington. The part of Covington that you don't really remember about Covington. So it's kind of out there. It's like 40th Street, which is bananas. The Covington has that many numbered streets, um, but it's up there and it's an absolute dive. Um, in not a contrived way. It's just like genuinely like concrete floors, bizarrely colored walls, all primary colors. Um, it was it was Halloween that day, so the waitresses who were overweight, bless them, you know, were wearing tutus and they had like they were wearing a full costume essentially. They were wearing tutus and then had like this purple gnome hair all the way up top. Classic Northern Kentucky. But you go in there and the majority of the people there are regulars, which is cool in the sense that like they were coming in doing a takeout order. They were like, I want this and that, know that, know that, more of this, and then throw in that. And that's kind of, which was cool. Everything was customizable. They knew what they wanted. Um, and it looked like really good food. And it, it was genuinely, so when it came out, um, it was phenomenal. The, the chili was really complex. It was robust. Um, and it had the two things we talk about when, you know, it's over the noodles, the meat sauce kind of stayed on top while the juice dripped to the bottom. The noodles were large, they were tender. So, you know, you were getting flavor, every bite you took, the cheese was finely grated, mild cheddar, a good temperature. I will say the chili was really hot, which is not a bad thing, but it did melt the cheese probably at a more rapid pace than you'd like, which did change the taste profile slightly. But it didn't take away whatsoever from how good the chili was. And then I dove into the, the cheese coney. And, you know, it's ironic in one sense that the first kind of review on the blog, which is now live, is this one. Because I think it's the first 10 I've given out in a chili or a, a um, cheese coney. Um, it, was, it was tremendous. It was so, so, so good. Um, the cheese was a abundant so some of it melted some of it didn't which is a good combination the bun was sturdy fresh um and it almost tasted slightly undercooked which is a first and it's actually a good thing because i think for a while i've been saying like you know an interesting take would be if they toasted the bun um but this bun was almost so fresh it was like kind of doughy but i think that actually worked really really well um and then the combination of the hot dog, which was grilled and blistered on the outside, which is good because it makes the hot dog chewy. And when you bite into it, it kind of, the flavors explode and um, it just tastes really good. And then when you combine it with the chili, which is the most important part, obviously it's the same thing on the three-way, it's complex, um, it's spicy, it's not hot, you can taste everything. Um, and it all it all worked together really well. And then the other thing too is I think they drained it differently in that well, the three-way might have been a little bit more runny. The cheese coney wasn't. It was mostly the kind of the meat sauce, which is what you want in cheese coney. You don't want it to be runny. Um, so that was that was immense. So Bards, I think I ended up giving Bards a, uh, a seven on the three-way, maybe an eight, and then I gave it a ten on the coney. And then overall, it was an eight performance. Um, it wasn't as unique, I guess, in the sense that... Um, it, like the crowd was, there were lunatics. Although there was one guy, there was one guy that showed up that was dressed like a Texan. Like he literally had like a cowboy hat. He was wearing a white dress shirt and then wore one of those vests. Like he looked like, a, like an Irish immigrant. 
And then he had one of those like necktie. Uh, I, what's it? It's not a necktie. It's a um, a string tie. I think is what it's called. With like one of those like turquoise little buttons on the side. He looked cute, but he was like a fifty-year-old hipster, which was bizarre. Everyone that came in there was like a, a hipster from like Gen X, which is an interesting vibe. Millennial hipsters are the fucking worst. I mean, have you ever? Oh, have you ever met a hipster like that's a millennial and genuinely thought that they were like cool and not just being edgy for the sake of being edgy? Like, I it boils my blood. I don't know why. It's like when people see. I think some people hate seeing when dogs have. I don't know, like shoes on or like dogs wearing a coat that boils people's blood because like a dog doesn't fucking need that stuff. Um, it boils my blood when I walk by someone that looks like, you know, they just walked out of a time machine from the 1870s. It's like, really? First of all, where did you even find those clothes? And is this, I can't, I can never tell if this is being ironic or like you genuinely think that dressing like a fucking Western like saloon guy is uh, is a good look. Because I feel like they just take so much time to find that. I, I don't know. They creep me out, man. And they're never showered properly. They always have terrible haircuts. They probably have terrible facial hair. And I think their whole vibe is just to make you feel uncomfortable. It reminds me of... There was one time that I was um, in an elevator. It was one of the first times I went to University of Cincinnati when I was still in high school. And we went to a dorm... You know, like to have like a little dorm party. And it was actually, it was the summer. So my friend who was a freshman, he was a, um, it was in between. So no one was there. It was like low key enough where you could like have a couple of high school kids in there to drink beer and stuff. But we were going up to his like, his apartment, which is on like that, on like the fifth floor or whatever. And I, the main floor I think was one and there was one floor below. And so we, main floor, button, door opens, there's a guy in there. Um, he's facing us, you know, we walk in, doors closed, and then he turns around and like faces us. And he's kind of looking at me like, all right, but you like, you keep talking. And then I think he was a little upset that none of us really gave a fuck. And like, on like the, in between the second and third floor, he's like, does it make you uncomfortable that I'm not facing the right way? I was like, looked at him and was like, what? What? <laughs> Does it make you uncomfortable that I'm facing the wrong direction? And it's like, no. Well, now it does because you're being a weirdo. But no, I mean, you could, what? It's just people like that that are like, they want to make you feel uncomfortable. And then if you don't feel uncomfortable, they have to ask you about it. It's like, does my presence unsettle you? It's, same, it's kind of the same thing with like those Antifa guys that are walking around um, dressed in like all black skinny jeans and shit smelling, looking menacing. Like, does it make you uncomfortable, man, that I'm fucking looking at you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It does, actually, because normal people don't do that shit. And yeah, you seem like the type of person that would bring a gun to your school. So yeah, yeah, it does. It does. In the effort to be anti-fascist, this kind of feels like what I would imagine a brown shirt to be wearing right now. <laughs> fucking hipsters. But in any case, these are Gen X hipsters at Bards, and they're a lot cooler in the sense that, like, they're hipsters, but, like, they don't need to be edgy. Like, they kind of invented being hipsters so that – because you know how, like, every generation that comes or, like, even anyone that's younger than you has to take what you're doing one step further? That's, like, how music works. That's how pretty much anything works is 
the best that do it, do it first, and then everyone tries to top them, and it gets outrageous. Like, we've reached a point in pop music where it's just fucking outrageous. Like, it's not even about having talent, which is why some of the pop music, I'm always like, anyone can be outrageous. I mean, Miley Cyrus generally is outrageous. Does that mean she has talent? No. I could fucking be outrageous, but could I write a song? No. That's why people like Beyonce, uh, who have like fucking eight songwriters and 12 engineers, but part of her stick is being outrageous. Nothing wrong with it, but that's just the way music works. The days of individuals being able to create art without the help of like the corporate machine, it just doesn't exist anymore. Um, and the same thing with hipsters, man. You gotta literally dress like you hopped out of a time machine from the 1890s, or you just, you know, maybe you're like from the 20s and you just hopped off a shift working in the <laughs> fucking, the fields, the the, uh, the dust bowl of Oklahoma. And I don't know why, because I don't think any of those people, you know, if you gave the choice like a fucking farmer that was like working in three layers of clothes because you had to look like a gentleman back then that was like manually working a field. And then he sees people today wearing like a Nike dry fit tank top and some dry fit shorts. You don't think for one second he would be wearing that? I don't know. I think you just have to keep progressing. But in any case, it was a good, the chili was great. Um, the hipsters were cool. And uh, I, I would genuinely recommend, the chili is fantastic. If someone wants the best Cody in town, I think Pleasant Ridge Chili is probably the best overall spot. But I got to say, if you want a cheese Cody, that place is number two. I, I would be happy to take anybody there, chili or not. Because I, I personally, I would love to go back and try out the burgers. Um, so credit to that place for just having terrific chili, the best coating I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and then also just being like a cool spot to get a burger. So good for them. Um, I don't know what's up next, but if you're curious about any more of that, uh, follow Chili Vibes Only on Instagram. Follow or the website again, which I'll remember this time, chilivibesonly.com slash WordPress. Um, check it out there. And, um We'll have a new review up tomorrow afternoon as well. Um, yes, yeah, is that it? Oh, and you know what? Celtic played today. I got to mention this. Celtic played today. I made a little bit of money in the morning betting against Rangers, which is always great when you bet against a rival and they you know, blow it. And they did. They were up 3-1 and then ended the game 3-3 uh, with like a 91st minute goal which was a good good win for me. Um, but then I, I put a lot of money. I, I put a lot of fucking money on Celtic um, to beat Sparta Prague. I mean, this team, man, the team that they were playing, Sparta Prague, they're not allowed to play in their own country because of their coronavirus lockdown. So they played against a team that hasn't played a competitive match at, you know, at home in a month's time. So the only games that are playing these Europa League games, and ostensibly they're still training, but you know, being match fit is not you can't just you can't do that without playing matches. And they came to Celtic Park, played us off the park. Our players looked like they'd never that they, you know, hadn't met each other, the defense especially, and they gave up four four brutal goals. I mean, there wasn't a peach in the entire all four of them. They were horrific. It was really, really bad. It was really hard to watch. And I, I have to believe that the manager's days are numbered because while the performance that Celtic had on, on Sunday and they won the semifinal of the Cup, they were brutal today. And um, 
you know, the kiss of death was there was an attacking midfielder. He plays typically on the right side. The manager last 10 minutes moved him to being like a wing back on the left side. And he, you know, obviously gave up the cross, which the other team eventually scored. Um, and it was just like that. That seems the kiss of death of like when you're throwing spaghetti at the wall, when you're putting that guy in that position. And of course he fucked up. And I don't really blame the player because that's, that's not his position. So I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on that. New London might be out of Celtic, but um, it sucks to lose a little bit of money there. But um, Celtics got to figure it out. Bengals on a bye. Bengals are on a bye. So I'll have a free Sunday, which will be nice. Maybe I'll actually enjoy my fall for once. But I don't know, man. Don't take this shit too seriously. I know we're all we're all kind of uptight right now, it seems, uh, with the election and all that. But I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to laugh about. I think don't be one of those people that can't see the humor in this shit. Um, you know, particularly Nevada, <laughs> who's like you know the Michael Scott right now when they've got a story that everybody wants to hear, and it's like the one time that anybody wants to hear it. And it's, you know, anybody that knows anybody from Nevada, it's like, what are they known for? And of course, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, of course, is a city that we all know is well-renowned for um, honesty, for making an honest living of, you know, providing to, you know, being constructive to society. All those, (laughs) all those degenerate gamblers and who out there keep in mind everybody the future of the republic is in their hands which I don't think is, is there's nothing more poetic quite frankly than the future of democracy being in the hands of gamblers and whores because America if we are nothing else we are probably that we are probably degenerate gamblers um, and you know people that just are all about commoditizing. <laughs> commoditizing. Is that a word? I don't think it is. You guys know what I'm fucking saying. Commoditizing. The human body and carnal pleasure. But that's where we're at. And as an American, I would want democracy in no other hands than those people um, who degrade not only our culture, but humanity in general. So credit to them. All the unions out there, all the honest casino owners out there that are probably in no way affiliated with the current administration or Trump. Hopefully they do the right thing. But, uh, you know, I have faith. I have faith in this democracy that those outstanding people will do their jobs. So, uh, you know, we'll leave we'll leave on a high note, on a really high note that our democracy is in good hands. It's in really good, well-meaning hands in Nevada. Um, <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Uh, God bless. We'll come back next week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a decision on, on what's going on there. But, but don't take life too seriously. We'll, we'll all be dead soon. Um, so take care. Goodbye.